To be saved makes you want to shout, amen. The world is shouting about a lot of things and they don't know what they're shouting about. But we as believers tonight, we've seen our name by revelation in that book, amen. We've, we've heard the message of the hour, we've heard the call to come up higher, amen. And just any day now, we're going home. Aren't you thankful for that tonight? Amen. God richly bless you this evening. It's certainly nice to see everyone out in the house of God. I wonder if we could just bow our hearts together and humble our spirits in His presence this evening. We'll just ask the Lord to come and speak to us in a special way. Maybe you have a special need up on your heart this evening. Maybe something just you'd like to slip your hand up before the Lord. He sees our hands this evening. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we gather here this evening in your presence, we are indeed grateful to be here, Lord, and we are thankful for the faith that is in our hearts dear God Lord it's a saving faith Lord it is a keeping faith it is a healing faith it is a deliverance Lord it's the faith of Jesus Christ and we know tonight that we are nothing without you Lord and without you we can do nothing but with you all things are possible and as we gather here tonight Lord you've seen the hands of your believers here that are raised before you my hand up as well Lord we're a needy people tonight but we are so grateful to know that there's not a need Lord, that is too great. There's not a sickness too bad. There's not a spirit too strong. But what you can still heal and deliver and save. And I pray tonight, God, that you would come. Lord, as the believers have gathered themselves here tonight, I pray that you would send the Spirit, spirit of God into this building, Lord. May those that are sick be healed. May those that are bound be set free, Lord. And may ultimately, God, may the Holy Ghost fill every life and every vessel here. Send the spirit of revelation among us, Lord. That when we would leave this place, we could say, did not our hearts burn within us? as you come and talk to us along the way and whatever is accomplished in this service we'll be sure to give you all the praise all the honor and all the glory for we want to say we love you Lord and we thank you for your mercy and grace we thank you for your blessings Lord we thank you for allowing us to see this message Lord and to see what you've done Lord not in just a past day or what you're going to do in the future Lord but you've allowed us to see what you're doing right here in this day and we thank you for that tonight Lord our hearts rejoice and we want to say we love you and we ask these things in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we pray. And all the believers said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. If you have your Bibles this evening, while you're standing, we'll invite you to two places in the Scripture. First place we'd like to read is the book of 1 Corinthians, the sixth chapter. We want to greet you in the name of the Lord. We certainly count it an honor and a privilege to be here this evening. And good to see everyone out in the house of God. And we appreciate the invitation to be here, the opportunity to speak to you this afternoon. And just certainly good to be a Christian. Amen. 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 Sure appreciate Brother Donnie and just pray the Lord bless them and their meetings there in Ohio this weekend and just look to see what the Lord has for us tonight. Here in the book of 1 Corinthians, the 6th chapter, in the 19th verse, Paul here in the 19th verse asks a question, says, What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Notice which is in you. So not just on you, but in you which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not of your own. So Paul here is telling us that we're owned by divine power. Amen. For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. In the book of Hebrews, the 10th chapter, the book of Hebrews, the 10th chapter, and the first verse, I want to look there. The Bible here in Hebrews 10 and verse number one says, For the law having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. 
For then would they not have ceased to be offered because that the worshipers once purged should have no more conscience of sins. But in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. We ask the Lord this evening to add the blessing to the reading of his word. As you may have your seats for just a few moments this afternoon, I'd like to speak to you here. And if I would title this, I'd like to speak to you on the day of dedication. Amen. The day of dedication. How many believes we're living in a glorious day? Amen. We're living in a glorious time where God is doing mighty and marvelous works and he's moving not just in one place, but he's moving all over. Amen. Brother Brandon would pray in a prayer here in the message preparation. He says, our heavenly father, I thank thee tonight because that we're living in the hour of preparation. We're living when you are preparing the people to believe all things. We believe that's the message of the day, the preparation time, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you are calling a people, you have given them the Holy Ghost, and now you're trying to call out of that group of sons to adopt them. We realize that the old law that was of a son was born in the home, he was a son, but the tutor raised him, and then when he was of age, if he had been the right kind of a son, he was taken out, put a purple robe on in ceremony, and adopted. And that's what you're trying to do to these full gospel people now to get them out to themselves somewhere. So he's trying to separate us from all unbelief, get us out somewhere along with you in faith to adopt them in the kingdom and give them the right to go forth and to do the things that you did. Notice, and I pray God that you'll take these few examples here in the great St. Paul writing in Hebrews 11 said, seeing that we are compassed about with such a great cloud of witness, then let us lay aside every weight. For Father, many are weighted down they would like to run, but they're sick. I pray tonight as I brought them the plain, simple truth of how that you heal the sick, you raise the dead, you commission your disciples to go preach the gospel, and you said these signs shall follow them that believe. Now back in the Old Testament from Genesis on to Revelation, you constantly was a miracle work in God when the people were ready to step out and believe you. When Moses prayed and then stepped out towards the Red Sea, it opened. When the priest stepped in the water of Jordan, it peeled back from one side to another we've got to make a step we've got to try we've got to put forth an effort to show you that we are sincere for it's written in the bible that faith without works is dead just as the body without the spirit i pray in jesus name that you'll give faith here to heal these sick people so brother bam is telling us amen that god is still a miracle working god he is still an all-powerful god he is still an almighty god there's not one thing about god that has changed everything about god remains Remains the same, but it takes the faith of a believer to operate the power of God. I think of how Brother Bram again says it's God's preparation time when God is preparing a people. If you can have faith, if you can't have faith to heal the sick, then how are you going to have faith to raise up in the last days? Glory to God, it's preparation time. So we find then uh, that the day that we're living in has been called many things and rightfully so. I believe it's been called the day of salvation, it's been called uh, the day of preparation. The prophet of God would say it's the bride's day. It's been called a new day. The day that we're living in.
coming in has been called many things, but I just want to say tonight, I believe that it is also a day of dedication. Do you believe that, that it's a time where we should dedicate ourselves fully to God, not just give God a part of who we are, or a part of what we are, but give God everything that we are, amen, not just yield our eyes just to read, not just yield our ears to hear, amen, but to yield everything we are to the power of the Holy Ghost. Listen, God is not equipping a church and anointing a church for, a, for, for just to be another church, but God is doing that on purpose, amen, that you might be the people that would be the dedicated vessels of God, that in this last day he could claim and work through those vessels. We find that when we come together into a natural building, uh, it's, it's a natural church building and it is a dedicated building, but at the same time, the spiritual church should be just as not much more dedicated than the natural building that we're gathering in. I, I'm just actually coming from some church dedication meetings out in Oklahoma. Uh, Brother Wendell Martin there in their church out in Pawnee, Oklahoma has just finished a new building and they got moved into it and uh, we had an old time revival there this weekend. And then in those dedication meetings and speaking there Wednesday night, the Lord laid some thoughts upon my heart about dedication and it began to move up on me more that if there's anything every message church needs is an old fashioned dedication. If there's anything every preacher needs is a dedication. If there's anything a song leader needs or a trustee or a deacon or whoever they may be is a dedication. Amen. To realize that we are not here playing church. Amen. We are not here just looking at each other. We're not just here hearing sermons. Amen. But we are here for a purpose. In the message dedication, but Bible says if you'll come back to the original dedication and open up your hearts and empty out yourselves that God in dedication as we give it to him, he will fill our temple with his Shekinah glory. Then the living God will be moving in a living church among a living people and will spread forth his glory. Then together someday, one being this way and one this way and one on that part of the country, she'll come together to make the bride and will be called up in the air to meet him. Now this lovely church, this building that the people with their tokens of their livelihood, with their love for Christ, the worshipers as dedicating today this place of worship that people could come and worship. He said, but now my sincere prayer is that every worshiper will dedicate his own temple to worship in the temple that's being dedicated for worship. So it's not good enough just to have a temple dedicated, amen, but God is wanting temples on the inside of the temple, amen, to be just as dedicated as the temple that we are gathering in. He said that is the real dedication. To think that the original and real dedication was not just a building, amen, but it was a body. That's why Paul said, amen, know ye not that your body, amen, is the temple of the Holy Ghost. God, amen, is not dwelling in wood. He's not dwelling in pews. He's not dwelling in sheetrock. He's not dwelling in this carpet, but the living God tonight, amen, is dwelling in the hearts and lives of his people who has been justified and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. I say, what good is it to have a dedicated building if you ain't got a dedicated spiritual building? What, what good does it do, amen, to have a pretty building and a bunch of pretty music if there's not a pulsation of life on the inside? Amen. But thank God tonight, we've got a message, amen, that while there's hundreds of coliseums and there's hundreds of buildings sitting dead tonight, amen, reading from the same Bible, singing the same songs, amen, there is a group of people gathered here tonight, amen, that's got the life of Jesus Christ only inside of them. They're not here by form. They're not here by fashion, but they're here because they'd rather be here than anywhere else. Without this, we are nothing. Amen. But with Jesus Christ, we can believe for salvation. We can believe for healing. We can believe for deliverance. Listen, friends, if we'll dedicate ourselves tonight, there ain't no telling what God will do. He'll open 
open up the windows of heaven and he'll fill this place with his glory. That's what God is desiring to do. He's not looking for just a building. Amen. He's looking for a heart. He's not looking for just anybody. He's looking for that bride. Amen. That was with him from before the foundation of the world. The prophet of God would tell us we must be more dedicated. One time there was a boy who had got into some trouble. Let him said he was a good boy, but he went to court. And the judge said, I find you guilty, and I must punish you to life in prison. He said, I want to try my own case. He said, I want to go in on my own record. He said, well, son, your record is what has condemned you. He said, that's the way it is today. The reason the church is not advancing like it should is because it's the record. Then he says, or it's the lie. Now notice, we must be more dedicated. We must believe every word of God. God, and we must seek until the word of God is made real to us. See, the record is what is keeping us from entering in. So the prophet identifies amen, what is stopping the church amen, from entering into the things that God has got for her is the record that she's holding. And he said, what is that record? That record is a lie. Revelation 12, 1 says, there appeared a great wonder in heaven and a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head a crown of twelve stars and she being with child cried, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered and there appeared another wonder in heaven and behold a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns seven crowns upon his head and notice and his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth and the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born so the prophet of God is telling us amen that there's going to be a lie in the last days he said it's going to be a religious lie it's going to be a religious deception and he said see it was not his tail, amen, as something on the back of an animal. He said it was his tail which he told Eve. He said it was the tail or the lie that brought those angels into condemnation. My, that opens up an entire channel to me, amen, to know there's a reason why the devil hates you is because there was angels that was created, amen, they don't know what sin is, they don't know what unbelief is, amen, but the devil had enough power that he could deceive those angels that was created, amen, but here's some sons and daughters of God that was born in sin shape and iniquity and come in this world speaking lies and the devil has not successfully got you amen to believe his lie amen because there's something on the inside of you that says I'm not dedicating myself just to religion I'm not dedicating myself just to a church I'm giving myself wholly unto Jesus Christ my then I say tonight church it's time amen to enter into all things that Christ has for us can you say amen amen tonight is a night today is the day. This is the hour. This is the season when Peter would say an entrance shall be ministered unto you. Amen. Which is abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So Peter is telling us in the last days there's going to be an entrance and it's going to be ministered. There's going to be an entrance and it's going to be ministered or it's going to be opened. But how is it going to be opened? By the word of truth, by the power of God, by the arm of righteousness, on the right hand, on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report, good report, as deceivers and yet true. Notice what Paul says, as unknown and yet well known, as dying and behold we live, as chastened and not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as 
having nothing and yet possessing all things. So I just want to tell you tonight, church, that you are the possessors, not of just one thing, amen, not of just one word or just one promise, but you are the possessors, amen, of everything that God has got in this generation. Romans 8 chapter says, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also, amen, freely give us all things. Let him said, oh, tonight may we not be rich in the world's goods, but we possess all things. Amen. You may not have a million dollars. Amen. You may not have a brand new car. Amen. You may not have a mansion on a hillside, but if you got the Holy Ghost, amen, if you got this message, you are the possessors of all things. Everything belongs to you. Hallelujah. Everything belongs to you. The church itself possesses all things, yet poor, yet rich, and possess all things. I like that. My father is rich with houses and lands. He holdeth the wealth of the world in his hands, rubies and diamonds, silver and gold. His coffers are full. He has riches untold. And we are the possessors of it. <laughs> Amen. Because we are a child of the king, the child always falls heir, and we know Abraham could lay hold on it, yet poor. Amen. Think of this, Abraham was living in a terrible place under terrible conditions with terrible circumstances. Amen. But yet Sodom was down there and Lot was down there. But Abraham was living in a desert. Amen. But he still was a possessor of all things. So that tells me that it doesn't matter what your present condition is. Amen. You've still got an inheritance. Amen. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what tomorrow holds. You've got an inheritance tonight, church. The prodigal. God said today the true believer has been cast out from among the people. He's been called a fanatic. He's been called a holy roller. All kinds of insulting names. He said, oh, but blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Amen. Talk about push you out in a cabin or something and you hardly enough money to pay your rent. Yet you own it all. Do you realize you're paying rent or a mortgage on a piece of ground that you own? Do you realize that you're paying rent in a house on a piece of ground that you own? Come on, church. Brother Andrew, you're crazy. Brother Bram said they're arguing about Russia. He said, let them argue. I already own it. He said, they're arguing about this. Let them argue. I already own it. Listen, friends, do you realize who you are tonight? You're not a bunch of weak, down, poor nobodies. You are the bride of Jesus Christ who's got an inheritance. And it didn't come from this world. It came from Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That's why when there is no more world, there'll still be a bride. When there is no more sin, there'll still be a bride because we have not come from the genes of a man. We have come from the gene seed of Melchizedek when Abraham paid tithes to Melchizedek and it was attributed to Levi. You are a possessor tonight. Amen of all things. Oh, brother. That's what God has promised the church. You are a possessor to healing. You are a possessor to deliverance. You are a possessor to the victory of the Holy Ghost. Tonight, you are a possessor of all things, for the meek shall inherit the earth. We find then that our record, amen, was a barrier or was a hindrance that was keeping us, amen, from possessing all things. But I want to tell you tonight, Calvary, amen, produced a door that we could go in and possess all things. Amen, our record of our past lives and the things we've been involved in and all 
kinds of things was a hindrance to the things that God had for us. But that day on Calvary was a day that dealt with our record. Oh, to think tonight the day on Calvary was one of the greatest days, amen, that God ever let dawn upon the earth. That day on Calvary, it broke the power of sin. It broke the power of unbelief. It broke the power of complex. It broke the power of unbelief. It broke the power of everything and said, come on in, church. I am the door, amen, to the sheepfold. Amen. I am the door to the blessings. You find tonight that that day on Calvary is the reason why we don't have a record of sin. That day on Calvary is the reason why our sins are in the sea of forgetfulness. That day on Calvary is the reason why we got a right to raise our hand. That day on Calvary is the reason why we got a right when we got pain racking our body to stand up and say I'm healed. That day on Calvary is a reason why we can believe this message. The power of Calvary amen broke the bondage of Satan and said you are a possessor your children are a possessor your families are a possessor come on in and take what is rightfully yours because of Calvary there is no record against the believer amen you say brother Andrew what did Calvary do well brother said I like to speak on all things but I can't he said but all things are ours through Christ and if he spared not his own son to bring this to us then how much more will he bring it if we're willing to receive it he said, now I can't speak on all things, but I would like to speak on pardon. He said, actually the word pardon means a release from guilt. The word pardon means a release from guilt. And what an experience that is to everyone who has had an experience of it to be released from guilt. See, it's to turn away from anything. He said, it's forgotten. It's put away. There's no more to it. You can dedicate yourself to what God has called you to. See, we find, I think, what the pardon means is it is completely erased. Now, it's not just turn aside and give something a try, but it is erased. See, if you had a, if you had a question mark tonight about your past, you've got an excuse not to raise your hands. If you had a question mark about your sins, you've got an excuse not to say amen. But we've had a prophet in this generation for the first time, amen, stand up on the earth and say you never done it in the first place. It's completely erased. It's gone, church. There's no record of it. It's been divorced. There's nothing against you. Now the heaven is behind you. It's your time. Amen. To dedicate yourself to everything God has got for you to do in this generation. Because of Calvary, we are not released by psychology. We are released by the power of the Holy Ghost. We are pardoned tonight, church. We are free tonight. Amen. We've got a freedom tonight to dedicate ourselves to whatever we want to. My, to think the devil has always given excuses of why we cannot, amen, dedicate ourselves to more of the things of God. The devil says, well, you know, you've got that little habit or that little besetting sin or you've got that complex or that insecurity. There's always something the devil says of why we cannot do what God wants us to do. Amen. But to a redeemed son or daughter of God, the words of the devil has no authority over you because you heard a prophet say, there's nothing against you. Amen. 
See, then if there's nothing against you, then that hunger you're feeling on the inside of you, it's not for more of unrighteousness. It's for more of God. A prophet would say, I'm hungry. Amen. To see the Spirit of God moving with the power and the fervor that I did when I first got saved. He would say it this way. We're not here to only bring our message. He said, but our message should be the flame of the hour. It should be the flame in our hearts. It's got to be in our hearts or we cannot rightly present it to the people. The Spirit has to pack the message. I'm trusting and believing every one of you is to be a real Christian. See, before you can witness the message, you've got to become the message. Amen. Before you can present the message, you've got to become a living epistle. Amen. That's not written with the ink of denomination, but it's been written by the blood of Jesus Christ. Listen, friends, this church is not just a group of people. It's the Word made flesh in this generation. It's the same Word, amen, that was in the beginning has returned in the end time, and we are the possessors of that Word. Oh, my. This message has come, amen, not to leave us sitting out. It come to bring us in. When I think of the message of the hour, I think that the message of the hour has given us access into the Spirit of God. See, you find then that thank God for the message of the hour because without the message of the hour, we would be perishing. The message of the hour is a vision for our day. The message of the hour is a fulfillment of Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. You see what that word vision means? It means prophecy or divine communication. When there is nobody upon the earth that is in fellowship with the divine God, then the church is going to perish. When there is nobody that's got a vision, when there's nobody that's got inspiration, when everybody's just coming to a church and paying their tithes and singing the songs and shaking hands, amen, and quoting a prophet, then there's no fire, amen. But when the Holy Ghost makes what you're quoting become real to you, then every devil in hell is going to become scared of you, amen, because you're not a perishing people, you are a victorious people. Thank God tonight, church. We are not a perishing people. We are not a perishing church. We are not a perishing humanity. We've got a vision. When religion is dead, we got a vision. When churches are dying, our church is alive because God has sent a vision in this generation. To think tonight without a vision, we would be no different as them. But with a vision tonight, we can see the promised land. With a vision tonight, we can see what God is doing in our present generation. When you look at that word perish, it means to begin to let go of or to lose restraint or to begin to neglect. When you lose your vision, you begin to neglect the things that are important. When you lose your vision, you begin to neglect the things you should be doing. When you lose your vision, church becomes a burden rather than a blessing. When you lose your vision, worship becomes worrisome than willing. When you lose your vision, the preaching becomes boring rather than revelating. <laughs> when you lose your vision, the quotes become words of a man that's dead and he said them 50 years ago. Amen. But when you got a vision, it makes you feel like you're sitting right there when he's saying the word that's being quoted. 
What is it? It's because you've recognized your day and its message. Then we find Moses had a message of deliverance. And that message came to, to Moses. Then it came to the children of Israel. And that message became a vision. Amen to Israel. They were surrounded by terrible circumstances. For the West, everything was against them. Amen. But they were not looking at the seen. They were looking at the unseen. Amen. They were not dedicating themselves. Amen. To what Pharaoh said and to what Pharaoh's plans were. Amen. But they were dedicating themselves to what God had said to a prophet Moses. Then no matter how bad the whip hurt, they never forgot we're leaving here. No, no matter how many nights they starved, they never forgot the promise we're leaving here. No matter how many days they cried, they never lost the prophecy that your seed will sojourn in a strange land for 400 years. But after 400 years, I will bring it out. And I'll bring it out with great substance. They never lost the vision. And when they did get down, the vision picked them up. When they did get discouraged, the vision picked them up. When they did feel like their life was a waste of time, the vision picked them up. I'm trying to behave myself, but I want to tell you tonight, church, there's a message here. It's called the message of the hour, and it's got power tonight. Amen to pick you up off the dumps. It's got power tonight. Amen to pick you up out of depression. It's got power tonight. Amen to pick you up out of circumstances and renew your vision and let you see you're going somewhere by faith Moses by faith Moses forsook Egypt not fearing the wrath of the king for he endured as seeing him who is invisible Moses lived in a visible realm and endured by the terry of sin an invisible God but the thing about it was the invisible God was there visible to Moses Pharaoh didn't see what Moses was looking at. Oh, brother. The slave masters didn't see what Moses was looking at. They, they could see Moses praying. They could see Moses talking, but they couldn't see what he was talking to. Amen. But Moses was fellowshipping in another dimension. Amen. Moses was fellowshipping above the ideas of Pharaoh, above the ideas of the slave pits. He was fellowshipping with the God of Abraham. Listen, church, you wonder why we're happy tonight. It's because we're fellowshipping not with the president, not with Congress, not with government. We are fellowshipping with the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. We are talking to a God who stepped out on nothing and created everything. I'm not talking to the wind. I'm talking to Jehovah. I'm not talking to some unseen being. I'm talking to Jesus Christ. The Bible said... He endured as seeing the invisible God with him all along the road. Everywhere Moses went, that invisible God went with him. Mercy. When a man once catches the vision of the invisible God and knows that he's always present, there is something that stabilizes that man's thinking. It stabilizes his actions. And in the time of distress and trouble, it'll make him look upward and above the things that are happening around him because he's looking at the unseen yet by a promise. Now, Abraham not only did see the unseen, the reason he believed it was because God said it. And if we be dead in Christ, we are Abraham's seed and if the spirit that was in Christ dwells in us 
It does the same thing. It takes every divine promise of God that's in the Bible and calls it present tense and rests itself upon that promise. Then we find before there is an exodus, there is a dedication. Before there was an exodus, there was a dedication. For we find that exodus means the called out. We find that redemption has two parts. It has the part of coming out of, but you got to come out of something, but you've also got to go into something. You can't just come out. You've got to go in. So an exodus called them out, and redemption brought them out. <laughs> and redemption brought them in. You say, Brother Andrew, why does there have to be a dedication before there's an exodus? Because you've got to be dedicated to finish the exodus no matter how hard it gets. There's got to be a dedication there that when you leave that tent, amen, you know why they were wanting the garlic of Egypt and the leeks and the honey is because they not fully dedicated themselves to the prophet Moses. They had not fully dedicated themselves to what Moses said and because their heart, amen, was still longing for the things of Laodicea. They was complaining in church. Amen, they was fussing about the preacher. Amen, they were crying and carrying on. But there was some there that was of another spirit. There was some there that said, listen, I didn't come out, amen, to complain. I didn't come out to grumble. This, listen, friends, amen, there's people comes out of situations and they complain more out of them than they did in them. They complain more about it after they're out of it than they were when they were in it. Listen, friends, sometime or another, you've got to realize the past is the past. You're out of it. You're free of it. It's no longer surrounding you. It's behind you. And what is behind you is forgotten. But what is in front of you is your inheritance. Glory, I feel like dancing. There's some people here tonight that says, I didn't come on this journey just to come halfway. I didn't start on this journey just to say I believe the message. But I'm going to the millennium. I'm going to future home. There ain't no devil going to stop me. Ain't no circumstance going to bind me. I'm going all the way. I see it. I see the land. I see the promise of God. I'm not stopping. I'm going to keep on marching. If you're not dedicated, you'll never finish. If it's not in your heart, you'll never finish. If this message never comes in your heart, you'll still be arguing with it 20 years into it. But the reason why some become dedicated was they caught a glimpse. They caught a glimpse of that land when they tasted the grapes of it. When they tasted that wine out of that new land. When they felt the presence, amen, in those grapes, it stimulated them. When, when they got a glimpse of that land with the gym, everything around them didn't matter no more. They said, if I got to forsake everything and dedicate myself to you, Lord, here I am. Here I am to dedicate my all. My, the Bible says Jesus told them, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. But they said, I believe that same resurrected Jesus Christ manifests himself every night in power and signs and wonders. I believe this great commotion that's going across the world now, they're calling heresy. He said, I believe they're saying people have lost their mind. He said, it's a bunch of people that sold out to the world. 
They've burned every bridge behind them. They're serving God, believing in signs and wonders and miracles, and the big formal church is saying they're crazy. But they don't care because they've already seen that land. Then we find, I believe, as the prophet said, that Jesus Christ has reincarnated in flesh in the human church here on earth doing signs and wonders. Believest thou this? We find then that God is a God of vision and God has a vision for you. You find that the vision of you is to be the bride of Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Ephesians 5.27 that he might present to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that it should be holy and without blemish. Now, I just want to say what a prophet said. There is going to be a bride. There is going to be a bride. Well, Brother Andrew, I've heard it a hundred times. Here you go, 101. There is going to be a bride. Well, Brother Andrew, I've heard it 200 times. Here's 201. There is going to be a bride. Well, Brother Andrew, some has quit. There is going to be a bride. Well, Brother Andrew, some has lost their zeal. There is going to be a bride. Well, Brother Andrew, some of them went back to Baptist church. There is going to be a bride. Well, some of them says we need to bring Pentecostal doctrine in. There is going to be a bride. Listen, church, if Pentecost couldn't produce a bride, God's not going to resurrect that thing to produce a bride. He's going to take a bright message with a bright light and present a spotless church before himself with the power of the Holy Ghost flowing through it. Don't you ever forget there's going to be a bride. Don't you ever forget there's going to be a marriage supper of the Lamb in the skies. I don't care how dark it gets, there's going to be a bride. If I was you, I'd get up in the morning and say there's going to be a bride. About 10 o'clock, I'd say there's going to be a bride. About 12 o'clock, I'd say there's going to be a bride. About 3 o'clock, I'd say I am the bride. That's who I am. I'm the bride of Jesus Christ. If the church would get away from the council of churches and come back and make God's word their ultimate and make God their tie post, they wouldn't do it. But they're trying to work on a man-made achievement. He says, and it is bound to fall. Well, the Bible said they would do it, but there's going to be a bride that's been elected since the foundation of the world that's going to be tied to that tie post. Come on, church. There's been churches, churches, brides, brides, churches, brides, but there's got to come on. There's got to come one. Let me say it this way. A prophet said, there's one that's bound to fall. <laughs> oh, come on, law of contrast. If there's one bound to fall, then there's got to be one bound to rise. <laughs> or, hallelujah, if there's one bound to fall, then there's got to be one bound to rise. And may I announce to you tonight, I'm looking at the bride that's not going to fall. I'm looking at the bride that's going to rise in the power of the Holy Ghost. If one is going down, there's one going up. If one is falling apart, there is one coming together. If there is one dying, there is one living. If there's one getting cold, there's one getting hotter. I feel like preaching. If there's one backsliding, there's one falling in love more and more every day. Who are you? Who are you? I'm the bride. I'm the one that's going to rise. 
There's one bound to fall, but there's one bound to rise. Put your name there. If there's one going down, there's one going up. If there's one getting cold, there's one getting hotter. If there's one getting more formal, there's one getting more Pentecostal. Come on. If there's one getting more dignified, there's one getting more justified. Which one are you? Which one are you? Well, if there's getting one, one getting more quieter, there's one getting more louder. If there's one losing their desire to come to church, there's one can't wait for the doors to open. If there's one that says preaching and play tapes, there's one saying, give me a pulpit. Give me a rock somewhere, I'll preach this message. Come on, church. If there's one bound to go down, there's got to be one bound to rise. The Bible says to whom God would make known what is the riches, the glory of his mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So then we find there's one who is dying, falling apart. But there is an elected seed upon the earth that God saw before the foundation of the world and knew she would be here and knew by the preaching of the word she would be transformed into the image he had of her from before the foundation of the world. Oh, church, the proud of God said church membership is all right. I have nothing against it, any of those things. But brother, to be a Christian means to be conformed to the image of Christ. We want to be living images, not pack an image, but be an image of the Lord Jesus. We are made partakers of his holiness. We in his image are the living images of a living God, then dead to self, raised with him, his word made flesh again in us. Oh, brother, look, what is it? Not the mythical imaginary God sitting out there, but the living God. What is the living God? It's the word of God in you making itself real. Then if the word that's being preached is becoming real to your heart, it is a sign that the living God is among the church. Oh, Brother Bram even got happy. He said, whoa, glory to God. I know you think I'm a holy roller. Maybe I am. But, oh, brother, don't you see it? He said, triumph over every denomination. Triumph over every paganism. A living God made manifest in a living temple. All paganism under their feet. And the word of God, which is God, is made flesh in you. How more plainer can it get that a prophet would say it this way? He would say, see, we have assembled tonight, Lord, for no other purpose but to know how to learn how by the help to be better Christians and better fit subjects for this hour that we are approaching. So God is not looking for church members. He's looking for people who are becoming better fit subjects that at any moment, any place, any time, anywhere, he can lay his hand upon you and the Messiah could ordain you and you could be a messiahette in an unbelieving generation. 
That's what he said. So therefore we must be dedicated to the vision or we will perish in the wilderness. Paul would say, or the Bible would say in Acts 6, 4, but we will give. Somebody say give. We will give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. 2 Corinthians 8, 5. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord. The Lord didn't take, they dedicated. But the Lord didn't beg, they gave. The Lord didn't pull, amen, and beat and push. There was something inside of them that wanted to identify themselves with what they were feeling. Listen, church, every member of the body must be dedicated. Every member, every preacher must be dedicated. Every Sunday school teacher must be dedicated. Every deacon must be dedicated. Every member must be dedicated. If there's not a dedication, there's not going to be a finishing. If there's not a dedication, there's not going to come a completion. You find then that the word dedicated means of a person who devotes to a task or a purpose having single-minded loyalty or integrity. They're dedicating themselves, but not to many things. But they've got their minds set on one thing. They're dedicating their life to one thing. The Bible says a dedicated person cannot be double-minded. James says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You realize what a double-minded means? Wavering. Uncertain, doubting, and divided in interest. But that's why God would send a prophet to preach a message called be certain of God. When everybody is divided and there's no unity, there's no vision, there's no power. I'm hurrying. There's no push. There's no zeal. One's looking this way. One's looking that way. One's looking that way. God sends a prophet to get us all on the same page. God sends a prophet to say, here is the vision. There's going to be a rapture. And somebody's going to take that rapture. You are going to be the one to take it. Now you've got to sell out to everything else and focus on the vision. Don't be double-minded. Throw your whole life to him and believe him with all your heart. But after death, the Bible of God said, faith sees a resurrection. When standing behind the dark cloud, you can't see with your natural eye. But faith standing by you directs you to God of resurrection and a God of all wisdom who has ordained our path. He's standing just behind every trial. Every trial we go through, when we get through it, we shall see him. See, but you can't get in a trial and get double-minded. If you get in a trial and get double-minded, you're going to forget who's at the end of the trial. Well, Brother Andrew, I don't like this. We'll take it up with him. Notice, for he cannot stand chastisement, is an illegitimate child. He claims God to be his father when he's not. See, just tossed about by every wind of doctrine, not stable. Don't know when they're going to show up to church. Well, let's just preach a while. Don't know what they believe. Don't know what they're following. The prophet said that's double-minded. That's unstable. He said every wind of doctrine they follow it and don't know where they're going double-minded and a lot of times double-tongued. When they get double-minded, the tongue follows. 
Well, that's good preaching. Don't know where you're standing and don't have a clue what you're talking about. Let me just go ahead and say, this message didn't come to build personalities. This message didn't come to raise men to a level to try up what a prophet said. This message come that for the first time in 2,000 years, there would be a group of people upon the earth that would not be perishing, but would have an absolute. We got a message, church. Oh, think of it tonight. Double-minded, never able to come to knowledge of the truth. The Bible says, but draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify, which means cleanse or offer or dedicate your hearts, ye double-minded. Listen, friends, God is not going to keep on playing church. He's done playing church. There's got to come a time that you sell yourself out, not just part of yourself, on Sunday morning. Come on, church, when it come time to apply the token, if they was going to escape the death angel, they couldn't pick which part of the token they wanted. They had to take every bit of it. Come on. And if there's going to be a church go in the rapture, there's going to be a people who's not going to pick which part of the message they want. They're going to take it all. The Bible says, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of a stature of a perfect man or the fullness of Christ. So in other words, until we all come into the same interest that the Holy Ghost had. What was the same interest that the Holy Ghost had? It was always about the Father's will and His bidding. It was always about the Father's will and His bidding. See, then again, I want you to notice another thing. These people who are formal in these formal churches is rising up against the move. But the Bible said they would have a form of godliness, amen, and would deny the power thereof, and they're taking their stand. The formals are taking their stand. Communism is taking its stand. He said, but praise God, the Holy Ghost is taking his stand. Oh, when the enemy comes in like a flood, they'll raise up a standard against it. That's right. And the church has taken her stand. I mean the Holy Ghost church. Amen. That's all I'm interested in is one thing. That's God's born again church. I'm not interested in bylaws. I'm not interested, amen, in orders of churches. I'm interested in the baptism of the Holy Ghost upon the church for this day that we are living in. Do you see, the church has got to make a stand. They're making a stand. The formal church is making a stand, and they're all going down. If the formal churches are selling themselves out to formality and making a stand based upon formality, then what about the church of the living God? Do you believe it tonight? Matthew the 16th chapter and the 17th verse. Can you get me a handheld for the Brad? And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed unto thee.
It was just a joke. <laughs> My voice was quickly going. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. See, and I will say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Then what does the word build mean? It means to edify or to embolden something or to restore by building something. So may I tell you tonight, church, God is building a church the prophet said we want to speak on the subject or teach rather if we can building the living tabernacle the living tabernacle of the living God's dwelling place that perfect man so God is not building something that's dead I'm, I'm about done God is not building something that's lifeless but God is building something that's going to be a reflection of what he was when he was here on the earth we're not building organization I'm not here this morning to build organization Christ never sent me to build organization Christ sent me to build individuals to the stature of Jesus Christ that they might be the powerhouse and the dwelling place of the spirit by his word see by his word see build up the individual to that place not build up an organization but build the individual to be sons and daughters of God that's his desire for you is not to be a mega church it's not to be some headquarters somewhere come on this message don't have a headquarters this message don't have a mega pastor this message don't have a mega pope that tells us what to do this message has a headship in heaven and it's called the Holy Ghost he didn't call us to dedicate ourselves to men. He didn't call us to dedicate ourselves, amen, to somebody just because of their name. He called us to come back to the Bible and dedicate ourselves to Bible principles with a Bible faith and a Bible Holy Ghost. You've got to dedicate yourself to something. He said the gospel begin to be preached by Jesus was confirmed to us by those who heard him. That's the foundation stone. Oh, bless me the name of the Lord. That's the foundation stone. Now catch this. The foundation stone of the real church is the preaching of the word. <laughs> I'll get in trouble. <laughs> the foundation stone of the true church is the word in action. The foundation stone of the true church is Malachi 4, not being just a prophet, but being a body move. Not based upon one man, not based upon one assembly, not based upon what somebody thinks the pastors ought to be doing, but based upon what the Holy Ghost has said about this generation. Oh, friends, thank God for pastors. Well, that went over like a lead balloon. Thank God for pastors. Thank God for a fivefold ministry. Thank God for sons of God who have dedicated themselves to the word of God and they're telling you, don't hear me, hear ye him. Don't you see what men does? They automatically change the focus from the word themselves. You got to hear my tapes. You, you, if you're going to be a part of the real powerhouse of church in this day, you got to hear what I got to say. But a real man of God says, hear ye him. 
the stature of a perfect man was not laid upon the foundation of a man. It was laid upon the foundation of faith. What was that faith in? Not a man, but faith in Jesus Christ. See, notice this might pinch just a little bit, but don't fall out with me. Just remember, when Israel once looked on that door with that blood on the door, the name, the blood, the life, entered in under that blood, so they didn't come in under a personality. They didn't come under a one-man show, but they came in under the blood. They never went out again until they left Egypt. Oh, mercy. I, I, I was preaching the day, Brother Terry, in a church over in North Carolina, and the Spirit of the Lord come to there, and I started preaching on quit being mad at the church. They ain't the ones that hurt you. He got a little quiet there for a minute. Then I started preaching, don't quit being mad to preach or they ain't the ones that hurt you. Then I said, quit having a bad week and coming to church and making the whole church pay for it. They ain't the one that give you a bad week. That's good right there. Then I said, quit making the message suffer. The message didn't do it to you. Brother Terry, when I said that, there was a woman jumped up in the back. She took about a two-minute two minute shouting spell. After service, she come running to me. She said, Brother Andrew, I got to tell you. She said, for years, I've been in, I've been out. I've been up, I've been down. I've been in, I've been out. She said, but this morning, I realized it wasn't the message affecting me. It was what a man said about the message that was affecting me. I said, there's the problem. Amen, when you lose the vision, amen, anything will go. But when you got a vision, ain't nothing going to go but what the Holy Ghost says about the word. Is there anybody tonight that can testify you're under the blood? You're safe under the blood. There is nothing worth coming out for. Oh, come on, church. You know as well as I know, Brother Gene, when you've had a long day and you get home and you get out of your work clothes and get in your comfortable clothes and you're drinking a cup of coffee and relaxing, somebody calls you and says, come out. You don't want to come out because you're home. You're safe. You ain't coming out of where you're at. Come on, church. Can I get a witness of anybody that's under the blood tonight? Anybody under the blood? Then you know what it's like to be under the blood and there ain't no bishop going to tell you to come out. There ain't no prophetess. There ain't no false prophet going to tell you to come out from under the token. I'm telling you, church, there is a real bride here who is under the token. There is a real people here who is safe until the day of redemption. I'm going to go ahead and say it. There's some people here tonight that's not going to be lost. They're going in a rapture. I'm going to go ahead and say it. There's some young people here that's not going to go back out and sin. They're under the token. There's some husbands here that ain't going to be adulterers because they're under the token. There's some women here that ain't going to be a Jezebel because they're under the token. There's some people who has stepped behind the veil. There is some people that is under the blood. There is some real Christians here. There is some real dedicated Christians here. This ain't a bunch of fanaticism. This is the Shekinah glory. This is some real people. Y'all just forgive me, but I happen to believe 
that some of the best people walking in shoe leather is in this message. Y'all forgive me, but I just happen to believe the best preachers on the earth are in this message. Then why are they telling them to shut up? I say preach. I say preach until every devil is defeated. I say preach until every sickness is healed. I say preach until the same Holy Ghost that filled the upper room comes inside this church and fills every vessel. I say preach until every idol is destroyed. I say preach until adultery is destroyed, pornography is destroyed. Come on church, preach until the devil's kingdom comes down. We got a right to. I'm sealed in. I'm sealed in. Are you sealed in? I'm sealed in. I ain't coming out. I ain't coming out to hear what T.D. Jakes has got to say. I got tapes. I ain't coming out to see what the Pentecostal church is doing. I've got a message church. I'm not crazy, I'm just dedicated to what I believe in. I believe this is the best. I gotta close this. I believe there's a dedicated people who's behind the token. I believe there's a church that's got the token. I believe there's young people that's got the token. I believe if there's one going down, there's one young person going up. Oh, brother, Andy, you better back up. You better, you're getting out of hand. You're exactly right. I'm getting out of your hand and in God's hand. That's what I believe. I believe the church is not coming. I believe she's here. Then what is the day of dedication? When something is built, it must be dedicated. Let me close here. When something is built, it must be dedicated. When God has brought you through justification, sanctification, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, what does the baptism do? It fills you. But can I preach for a minute? Justification made way for sanctification. Sanctification made way for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But come on church, there's a fourth stage. There's a fourth stage. The baptism of the Holy Ghost made way for the person, himself, Jesus Christ, to step into his own body that's been prepared since before the foundation of the world. Oh, glory. The prophet of God said it this way. I got I to gotta quit. It's Wednesday night, but I'm feeling good. The prophet of God said it this way. He said they got the temple built. He said they had all the music in there. He said they had all the furniture in there. He said everything was in there just right. Isn't that something? Amen. The whole church was full of pews. It was full of organs. It was full of everything. All the mechanics was there. But there wasn't no dynamics. God have mercy. You imagine, Brother Rob, when they were building that temple, David said, can, can I have just five minutes? I'll take you to McDonald's and buy you a Happy Meal. No, I'm just kidding. That's a lot of Happy Meals. David wanted to build a temple, but the prophet Nathan came to David and said, don't do it. 
don't do it, David. You're a man of war. You're a fighter. Listen, but God promised David. God promised David that he would build a place. Amen, Brother Timmy promised him. And God never breaks one of his promises. So David went on about his business and Solomon raised up and Solomon built a temple out of stones. Do you realize there was all kinds of stones but there was only one stone that was a headstone and that stone was an odd stone. There was all kinds of stones coming in on ships out of Joppa, coming in on ox carts, coming in from all over but there was one odd stone and they kicked it aside. They kicked that odd stone aside and said, we ain't got room for it. And the proud of God tapped that to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He said, and they kept on building. He said, then they got to a place where they couldn't get nothing to move. They got to a place where they couldn't get nothing to happen in the church. So they started having circuses. and They started bringing in Hollywood evangelists. And they started bringing in all kinds of Christian rock groups. and Started bringing in three-ring circuses. and Had a clown behind the pulpit called a pastor. Amen. They were trying to get something to move. Amen. But in 1933, on the Ohio River, the pillar of fire come down and announced the odd stone has been recognized again. It's called the Word of God. It's headship coming to the body and a prophet began to preach a headship message he began to preach a headstone message headship headship no more divided interest headship no more double-minded headship no more double-tongued headship we've got a vision church we've got our eyes on the prize church I'm about to bust right now. You imagine they kept on building and they kept on building and they kept on building. Do you imagine how many days people walked by that temple and made fun of it? How many days did somebody come by there and look at them placing all those stones and say them bunch of crazy people? Them bunch of man followers. Them bunch of cult followers. Look at them over there building the temple. God ain't ever going to come in that thing. God ain't ever going to come in that thing. They walked by another day. They had everything done on the outside and they opened up and looked inside. Just because you don't see a lot going on outside don't mean ain't a lot going on inside. Oh, brother. I'm about to have a runaway. Peeked their head in and looked and said, oh, look at him. Wasted all that money. Got the best organ up there. Got the best pews. Man, look at that carpet. So nice. They waste their time. God ain't never going to vindicate that thing. Give their whole life to that message, and God ain't never going to vindicate one thing in their family. But on the day of dedication, it was a different story. On the day of dedication was a different day. They woke up that morning, everything was quiet. Amen. And everybody in the community knew that it might be the day that they might dedicate that thing. And they begin to look around. All of a sudden, they begin to hear psalteries. They begin to hear harps. They begin to hear trumpets. They begin to hear cornets. They begin to hear flutes. They begin to hear all kinds of noise. 
So they got up and said, let's go down there and see what's going on. <laughs> let's go over at Happy Valley and see what's going on. We just knew that place would fall apart. We knew we would just put enough pressure upon them and scandalize their name enough until the church would collapse and close its doors. We knew we would put that Brother Donnie Reagan under enough pressure until he bowed and give in. Hey, but the day of dedication, the Shekinah glory came down. <laughs> And when they opened the door, the only thing they could see was the Shekinah glory. It was so strong in there that the priest could not even minister. And the prophet of God said, look, Jesus Christ himself come down to identify himself with that temple. Oh, I'm paraphrasing there. Go look it up. He came down and identified, I am behind this. I'm done, but let me tell you something, Happy Valley. Don't you ever get formal. Don't you ever get quiet. Don't you ever get lukewarm. Don't you ever compromise. Don't you ever get undedicated. You stand like you've never stood before. And the same Shekinah glory that filled that temple will fill this church. And the glory of God will not grow weaker. It will grow stronger as the musicians come. Don't ever lose your vision. Don't ever lose the vision. Don't ever lose sight of who you are. You're not just church members. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Deity is not in heaven, it's on the earth. Well, Brother Aaron, I'll tell you what, I took my family out of the Baptist church and pulled my wife out of this and pulled my kids out of this and we give ourselves to this message. We felt the Lord was leading us. We felt it was the will of God. Well, can I tell you something? The will of God will never establish something that the grace of God cannot sustain it. If, if this message was not the will of God, it would not still be going tonight. If this church was not the will of God, it would not still be going tonight. Come on, church. If you have in your family under this ministry, under this blessing, this message was not the will of God, it would not still be going tonight. But devils have come and devils have fell. Come on, church. Spirits have rose and they've fallen. They've tried to shut you up. They've tried to back you up. They've tried to quieten you down. But there's something different about you. You got the headstone. You got the rejected stone has become the headstone, which was the chief cornerstone. God has come down to identify himself with this church. God himself came down and identified I'm behind this. I'm trying to behave myself. God come down and said, I'm behind this. God come down and said, I'm behind this. It didn't matter what man said when God said, I'm behind this. It didn't matter what your former church said when God said, I'm behind this. What are you saying, Brother Andrew? I'm telling you, dedicate yourself to something that God has vindicated in the heavens. This message has been vindicated in the heavens. It's been vindicated in the solar system. It's been vindicated in the pyramids. It's been vindicated in the Bible. Church, give yourself to something that don't have one error in it. It's infallible. It's a rapturing faith message. Won't you stand to your feet tonight?
If it wasn't vindicated, you've got every right to still be a borderline believer. But it's been vindicated. So the day of being a borderline believer is over. Give yourself to it. Dedicate yourself to it. Don't fight these battles. They're not yours. The battle belongs to the Lord. The battle don't belong to me. The battle don't belong to you. The battle belongs to him. You just dedicate yourself and stand back. We was out there in those, in those meetings this weekend out in Pawnee, Oklahoma. Pentecostal area, charismatic area, apostolic areas, all kinds of things. Of course, y'all know that Oral Roberts come out, was, was established during Tulsa, so it's a very charismatic state in Oklahoma. Very hard state when it comes to anything outside of charisma or Pentecostalism. But God sent two young boys there. Brother Wendell Martin and Brother Sean Martin started to work there with the Pentecostal church. Embraced this message. And a church of 100 went to zero. Except for about three or four people. Moved from that building to another building. Just built a brand new church. People said they'd never make it. Tried to starve them out. But when you're preaching what God has vindicated. When you're putting your effort into what God has vindicated and declared to be thus saith the Lord and everything else is false. God is under obligation. To stand with what he has sent. Now I ask you, Happy Valley. Started over there. Come here. Around the world. And it ain't getting weaker, it's getting stronger. Why? You got behind the vision. Oh, Brother Andrew, we got behind Brother Donnie. No, Brother Donnie got behind the vision. A man gave himself to this message. And got behind the vision. Dedicated himself. What about it tonight, church? Do you want to see it? In your home? In your life? In your family? It can happen. But you got to dedicate yourself to what God has ordained. Don't be double-minded. Don't be double-tongued. And don't be unwavering. Be certain. Brother Bram closes the message dedication in 1962 and he says, turn around and shake somebody's hand and say, God bless you, Brother Stone. He said, that's a stone that's a part of this building. And I tell you tonight, church, or Brother Andrew, I'm just a real small, small, small stone. But you're ordained prepared, dedicated, anointed, and you've got a position. Be in that spot. I know this was simple, but I think what we need more than anything is dedication. People that you ain't got to worry about if they're going to be at church on Saturday night or not, or Wednesday night, or they're going to show up and support a meeting. Lord, I give you my all.
All that I am tonight, Lord, I give it to you. Well, Brother Andrew, I'll be here in the good times, but the bad times, no, he wants you in the bad times. Brother Andrew, I'll be here when the church is in a revival. He wants you here when the church is in a growth between revivals. You really don't grow in revivals. <laughs> you grow in those spots between those revivals. How many can say from this night forward, I dedicate myself. I want God to come down and be pleased with my life. I want God to be pleased with my heart and my testimony. I want God to see that I'm behind what I say I believe. Let's bow our hearts together and humble our spirits. Father, I dedicate myself to you tonight, Lord. The church is just a building, a natural building. But the Spirit of God and the people makes the church. These are just gathering places, little assemblies here and there in different places. But the people that assemble themselves inside the building is the spiritual house, is the people that is the church. With every head bowed, every eye closed, would there be one here tonight could say, I haven't fully dedicated myself. I haven't given all that I could give. The world's looking for church members. The world's looking for tithe payers and money givers and mayors and chief of police and all kinds of positions in the community to fill the church. But God, God is looking for stones. God is looking for men, women, boys, and girls that are reflecting the same life that he lived when he was here on the earth. I don't want to just be known because I got a quote book under my arm or a Bible under my arm or a Malachi 4 license plate. I want to be known as a little Messiah. I want to be so dedicated that people outside of the church knows there's something different about my life. Friends, that's what this message come to produce. There was hundreds up on top of hundreds up on top of hundreds of churches when William Branham came on the scene. They were building churches on every corner. There was hundreds of churches in Tucson, Arizona. And a prophet said, it's a desert spiritually. What house will you build me? He raised up Perry Green's assembly there in Tucson. He said, I've been so hungry to see the Spirit of God. Brother Andrew, what are you saying? I'm saying there's churches all around. But God's looking for dedicated men and women. I want to be one of them. As we pray tonight, say, Lord, let that be me. Maybe you hadn't fully come under that blood or come under that token. Maybe you're partially there. Maybe you can see it, and, but you hadn't come under it. But if you ever get under it and get behind it, you're sealed in. And you don't want to come out again. Heavenly Father, all across this building tonight is brothers and sisters of like precious faith. Lord, as I look across this assembly, 
Lord, I see people who's left homes and left places where they were raised. Lord, they've moved miles and miles and miles away from where they were raised as kids and spent their lives to be in this church, to be under this ministry. Lord, to be a part of what you're doing in this area. And Lord, every devil in hell sees that. Lord, what good does it do to come in and be on fire in five or six or seven years become undedicated? Lord, for local people, Lord, as I sit the other day and a pastor looked at me and said, what do you do to get people to come to church? What do you do to get young people to come to church? Told me you couldn't even hardly get nobody to show up. Father, there's a world council of churches coming together and they're bound to fall. But Lord, there's a bride that's got the evening time message. Lord, she's got the evening time light. She's got all the mysteries revealed and all the seals unbroke, Lord, broken tonight, Lord. Rapturing faith is preached three times a week. Assemblies around the world. But Father, it seems like more and more people's losing their dedication. Years ago, the message was enough, but now we need the message plus. Years ago, the tapes were enough, but now we need the tapes and what Dr. Dobson thinks about the home life and what Billy Graham said and what this one said. But Father, as your prophet stood and preached a message while little Bethlehem, and he said, the king is desiring a fresh drink of water. And he said, how many Bethlehem dwellers is in this building tonight? And then he said, will you Bethlehem dwellers draw your sword and come stand by my side and fight through these Philistines to bring the king a drink of water? Lord, I stand here tonight and I say, how many Bethlehem dwellers is there in, in this church tonight? Lord, how many will draw their swords and fight through every unbelieving spirit? Will fight through every lukewarm spirit that says they don't need three services a week? They'll fight through every un unbelieving spirit and every formal spirit that says we don't need a family altar in our home and we don't need them tapes playing. How many tonight, Lord, will draw their sword and say I'll fight through it until my home becomes a dedicated home? until my home becomes a powerhouse of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Will you do it tonight, brothers? Will you do it tonight, sisters? Will you fight through all those spirits of lukewarm and Laodicea that's trying to bring ungodly dress back in the churches? Will you fight through all those Hollywood spirits that's trying to make the church a social hall? Will you draw your sword and get behind the man of God? Will you fight through all the Philistines? The king wants a real church with a real, a real spirit. Brother Joel, would you lead us in something? That's what the king wants tonight. How many will bring it to him? How many fathers will say, I bring my family to you tonight, Lord? I surrender all. How many 
members of this assembly will say, Lord, I bring my church to you tonight. You know, when Brother Bram preached the tape dedication, sorry. When Brother Bram preached the, the tape dedication in 1962, just a little ways up the road from Jeffersonville, it's actually a paradox. He's preaching a dedication, but it's actually a rededication. The building was already there, but there was a man who got a desire on his heart to raise up a work there, and Brother Bram went in and rededicated something that was already there. And he said, now this is only showing that God wants a rededication out of every one of you vessels here tonight. Friends, it ain't good enough just to dedicate yourself one time. There's one feeling, but many refillings. I want it tonight. What about you? Can we just raise our hands and worship him for just a moment? Hallelujah. To Jesus, I surrender. Oh, yes. He freely give it to you. for you. Let this be a dedication tonight. Let this be something you're telling the Lord. This is from my heart, Lord. I'm giving all that I am to you.
can still remember the wonderful feeling back when I first got to know you. Seeing the world was mine, I had joy, I had springtime, but that's all just a memory anymore. I guess I took Just a memory anymore 
music fades and all is stripped away and I simply come longing just to bring something that's worth that will bless your heart I'll bring you more than a song or a song in itself it's not what you have required you search much deeper within than the way things appear you're looking into
just so appreciate Brother Andrew just giving it his all tonight and just that message tonight about dedication. Uh, we all just need need more dedication. That's just a great, great thing to take this week and, and make it real in our lives. Amen. You can, as you go tonight, let's just continue to sing this, coming back to the heart of the worship. Remember the services this weekend. Be in prayer for the services. Let's start with that verse again. When the music fades and all is stripped away and I simply come longing just to bring something that's a that will bless your heart I'll bring you more than a song for a song in itself it's not what you have required you search much deeper within the way things appear 